Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Well, hello everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host. I'm also a date coach and matchmaker over at singleinthecity.ca. As we all know, recent news has been filled with cases of sexual assault by public figures like Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer, Russell Simmons, and many more. So today on the show, I wanted to talk about this important topic of sexual assault and sexual harassment and offer ways to better protect yourself so that you don't become a victim. And I also just wanted to have a general conversation Mm -hmm. and get everybody's opinions and views. Um, Date rape is the most common form of rape at 78%, with one in four North American girls expected to fall victim to rape or attempted rape before they reach 25. Today on the show, we have Wendy Stigar, an award-winning entrepreneur. She's an author, a sex educator, whose work has helped thousands of people reclaim their passion and heal their relationships. Welcome, Wendy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on the show today. And she's calling in from Oregon. And as well, we have a Jacqueline. She's a rape survivor uh, that will be sharing her story with us as well. And my co-host today is Sandra Carusi. And we also have uh, Peter Anthony. Well, we also needed a male figure on the show. So <laughs> I that's am happy why I invited to be you voice. here today. Thank you very much. So welcome everybody to the show. So Wendy, I'm going to start with you. Please tell us a little bit more about what you do and some of the philosophies in your business. So I am the founder and owner of Good Clean Love, and as part of that, I became a writer. And so I write a blog called Making Love Sustainable, in which I have educated for about 12 years about how to maintain healthy relationships and passionate intimacy. And out of that came two books, one, Love That Works, and the other one is Sex That Works. And I do want to say Canada is way ahead of us in many, many ways, even in dialogue. So congratulations oh, on that's that. That's good to hear. Um, but, um, but I uh, conducted a consent survey uh, last year with college students to better understand the things I was hearing from the young people I knew. And so that's, you know, basically that's how I came to be on your show, I think, today. And tell us about the research that you did regarding sexual assault on campus. Um, Well, actually, the the survey was about consent. And so what we were trying to learn about was how men and women ask for and express consent differently. Um, Whether, I mean, here's just some of the questions that I think were sort of surprising. You know, um, whether you need to ask for consent once or multiple times. Um, You know, how frequently drugs and alcohol were combined with trying to have a conversation about consent. you know, those kinds of questions. And, you know, and some of the responses that we got were alarming, you know. So upwards of a third to a half of women have had non-consensual sex. So what what and, does positive consent look like? Um, well, I you know, again, I think that that is not, you know, we I, I think what's really important to say before we even launch into a conversation like this is that, Um, For the most part, many people grow up, especially in America, without any vocabulary 
to talk about what pleasure means to them and what kind of sex they want. And so what we have to understand is that conversely, they also usually don't know what they don't want until they're in the middle of it. And so we have very little language to express who we are sexually, generally, especially when we're very young. Um, I mean, and again, I think Canada does worlds better in sex education than the U.S. does. But keep in mind, for the last 30 years, our sexual education has been, um, you know, just say no, which we know doesn't work and has contributed to the increase in violence and also, um, you know, unwanted pregnancy. So, and Sorry, on, Wendy, so, can I ask you quickly, yeah. when you said just uh, just say no doesn't work, and I find that probably, I totally agree with that, but what do you say if you don't say no? Um, you know, my philosophy about sex education for children is that when a child is old enough to ask a question, they're old enough for a legitimate answer. And if we started answering and not shaming our children for being sexual beings, we would have a completely different sexual culture. Um, and that's really where the change needs to start. So if a 12-year-old, that's when we just start to really come into our sexuality. I mean, little kids will say, where does a baby come from, right? We want to give them a real response. Little children will sometimes touch themselves, and we want to say, oh, that probably feels good. But when we do that, we do that in our bedroom by ourselves. We, we, we teach them that that's okay to have those experiences. We don't shame them. And then as they get older, and they, you know, the more kids know about sex, the less likely they are to have to experiment to learn about it because they already have a knowledge base. And that's what the research bears out, that the more education that we give young people, the better decisions they make. And we certainly see that in Scandinavian countries, too. We need to take a break, Wendy. We'll be right back. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're back. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the dating and relationship show. Today, we're talking about sexual assault and sexual harassment for awareness and for ways to better protect yourself. We have Wendy Stagar. She's a sex educator on the line. Jacqueline, she's here. She's a rape survivor. Peter Anthony's in studio, as well as my co-host, Santa Cruz. I want to start with you now, Jacqueline. Uh, you are a rape victim, and I'm really sorry to hear about that. But please tell us a little bit about your story. First of all, I want to thank you for allowing me to share my story on your show. It really means a lot to me. I was raised as a good Catholic girl. I waited for marriage. Um, I left my husband, so this whole dating world is new to me. I met him, and we went on a few dates. I did sleep with him earlier than expected, but it wasn't just sex. We hung out, watched TV, listened to music, went on walks, went for dinners, I got to know him, and he told me his mom raised him to be a gentleman. He was nice, and he seemed normal. And then on November 9th, 2014, I had left the National Women's Show and met him at his place. I drank some wine, we had sex, and we left to go eat around 8 o'clock. The drug that he gave me in my wine hit me earlier than he probably expected, as I hadn't eaten much all day. I remember the waitress at the table, and I ordered a pina colada. Her smart serve wasn't so smart because from the point on, I was basically in a zombie state. 
I was in a total daze and felt totally uh, strange. I remember by the time she brought the drink back, I was unable to open my eyes and sit straight. I started texting two of my friends to tell them that I wasn't feeling too well, and he told me to stop worrying my friends because I knew that he was a good guy. I tried to order the food, but I remember slurring my speech. The manager even came to the table because Luis was complaining about the food coming out too soon. A simple are you okay miss would have saved me from getting raped, but no one asked me at all how I was. Even when we were leaving, we passed three of the hostesses and I could barely walk. The strange thing of having this date rape drug is that I was aware of everything, but I wasn't able to communicate properly. Everything was slurred. Everything was slowed down. So you had had sex already at this point, just that that night, just beforehand? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what's strange to me because we had a relationship, you know, so... It just proves that he needed to have that power Power. trip, which is so disgusting because, I mean, I just had sex with you at 6.30 and we went out for dinner and you're rude enough to just sit there and eat like a pig and tell me, you know, don't lay down, just don't make a scene, just, you know, sit up. And he was telling the server, oh, she's just tired. But there's a difference between tired. I'm an adult. If I'm tired, I'll look tired. If I'm you know, drugged, you should be able to see that. You shouldn't be serving me alcohol. You should ask me, are you okay? Why can't you walk? Like, what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think I just want to clarify something uh, that you said. A lot of people don't understand about sexual assault is that it is a power mm-hmm. issue. And I think a lot of people, I've heard men say, and uh, I don't want it, and nowhere in this show are we going to be bashing men are we going to be derogatory to men uh that's not what this is about this is about sexual assault and non-consensual sex and which is about power that's what it's about it's about power i've even talked to people in the judicial system who don't understand that it is about power and here this is a perfect story and jacqueline thank you so much for sharing it of someone who had given her consent, but that yet wasn't good enough for someone, that mm-hmm. he had to power, overpower her with a drug. Jacqueline? Mm-hmm. And did you have issues later on with um, with the report, with the police? Like, you had mentioned something yeah, so about basically that. They didn't believe your story. Everything right. Like, the thing is, he actually raped me the next morning, too. Like, I had to stay over because I couldn't function. He was giving me water throughout the night, and I kept thinking, oh, he's really nice. You know, I'm thirsty. Yeah. He's trying to flush the drug out. Um, so then again in the morning, I was getting ready for work, and I was kind of upset because I was like, where's my clothes? So the thing that sickens me a lot, and I had an issue when I was undressing my two-year-old one time. When someone's out, they're out. So... To know that I got home and I was so happy, I'm like, okay, I can lay on the bed. There's not going to be a scene. I'm going to sleep, right? And to wake up to him raping me jolted me enough to wake up from being drugged. And I remember clearly, and it's in our I Believe You video, saying, why are you raping me? Please stop raping me. Do you have a condom on? Please put a condom on. And then because he kind of pulled out, I passed out again. Peter, do you have anything to say about this? Uh, I'm just flabbergasted at hearing a story like that and it's breaks my heart to be honest with you because um when i hear these kind of stories as a guy it's just um i don't it's it's hard to describe the the feeling that comes over me but i just think of my sister 
um, being out there on the dating scene as well in a big city. And I just, uh, I mean, you hope and pray that that something like that doesn't happen to anybody, let alone someone close to you. Um, so I just want to say, and I know we just met, but I'm really sorry that happened to you. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope you can work your way through the pain of it and get to the other side of it. And the fact that you're talking about it out loud is uh, is really heroic, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of For people sure. need to do that so we know what's going on out there. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We'll be back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're back. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're talking about sexual assault and sexual harassment for awareness and for ways to better protect yourself. My co-host today is Santa Cruz, as well as uh, we have Peter Anthony in studio with us. And uh, Jacqueline, she's a rape survivor. She's telling us her story. Thank you, Jacqueline. And on the line, we have Wendy Stagar. She's a sex educator, and she's calling in from Oregon. And Jacqueline, I just want you to continue your story. Yep. So that morning after I was raped again, I asked him why he was doing it, and he said because he wasn't going to see me for a while. I was going to go to work, but then I decided to figure out if I should have taken my meds that night. Should I take my meds in the morning? I was so screwed up, I didn't know. So I went to a pharmacist and asked, and then basically started saying what happened, not even really thinking that I was raped. I couldn't process it yet. I was just like, should I take my meds? And then as I was telling him the story, he's like, hold on you need to go to the hospital and get a rape kit done. So I was like, okay. So I went and the doctors were all apologetic. We're sorry about what happened to you. We got tested. You know, you're not pregnant. Here's the swab. Do you want to report it? And at that point, I still was like unclear. I'm saying, well, I was seeing the guy, so I don't really know, you know. And they don't really educate you on you know you might go through some emotions if you decide you want to come back and talk to us that's fine here's a phone number to call nothing I left went home cried went to work the next day told one of my co-workers sat in my car went to the washroom repeatedly crying 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 told my boss she said go report it and the investigator shouted at me over the phone when I got to speak to him and he said well why would you go and report it to a pharmacist I said well I went to figure out my drugs right and he's like well that doesn't help the case and I was like okay then why didn't you come report it to Toronto I said well I don't get raped very often so I didn't know I had Mm. to drive all the way down to the so he's he's talking to you like it's all your fault yeah no empathy no and um what else did he say I'm just so angry. I can't even... And this happens all the time, by the way. So, Ashley, Jackley, and I want to tell you also how terribly sorry I am for that level of injury that you will have to process for quite a while. Um, And I really wish you courage and strength. Mm -hmm. Okay. We need to take a break. We need to take a break, Wendy. We'll be right back. You're listening to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca. On the line, we have Wendy Stagar. She's a sex educator. We have Jacqueline in studio, a rape survivor. Thank you, Jacqueline. Co-host, Santa Carusi, executive producer of the show, and our friend, Peter Anthony. So welcome, everybody, again. I want to talk about how to protect ourselves now, because, Wendy, we were starting on that path uh, before the break. So, so let's continue with that. So uh, if, you've, if you've been sexually assaulted it, uh, at all, it's, I, I think people need to know that it's never your fault, period. I think we... Uh, can all attest to that. So no, no matter what you did or did not do, the choice was a hundred percent decision. The decision of the perpetrator. So let's offer so, some tips now. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So in Jacqueline's case, she was out on a date. The guy she was dating for some. How long were you dating him for? About five weeks. I think. Five weeks. And that's enough time to actually trust someone to go to their house. I believe so. Anyway. Yes. Um, and. Let's. I just wanted to clarify. She was on a normal date. They were eating. They went out to eat, like people who date. Okay, so let's continue. Let's offer some tips on uh, how we can protect ourselves so that we're not a victim of sexual assault. Wendy, um, you know, I'm like super old fashioned when it comes to some things about sex. So you know, I want to like situate myself in time. I know about these dating apps and Tinder and all this stuff just contextually, but not because I've ever had those experiences. But what I have always believed is true about sexual relationships is that this is what I've tried to express, that, you know, there's a a container that people build over time, like five weeks time of knowing somebody um, or six weeks time or 10 weeks time or two years of time. And that container is the thing that we trust to hold our sexual, wild, imaginative thing, that whatever it is that we want from our sexual life. And to the degree that we have a container that's secure, then that's what makes sex safe, I believe. But I think that there's a lot of sex, in fact, the majority of sex, that goes on without any really truly safe container. And and how long does that take? How long does it take for somebody to be trustworthy? I mean, these are much deeper questions than that. But I think Jacqueline just wants to respond to something you're saying. Go ahead, Jacqueline. So just, um, again, I waited for marriage. I didn't date much at all. Um, My marriage didn't work out, so I left him. And this is the dating world now you know, going on Tinder and all this stuff. So I, whether I'm aware or not, whether I wanted to be like my friends who hooks up with someone every Friday night, I could be a hooker. You just, you still, you know, you don't, you don't get raped. It's, it's their issue. No, No, it totally is. After I did report it, which again, I question myself. I'm a very vocal woman. I'm a mom of three kids. Um, I don't know if it were to happen again, if I would report it, just because nothing happened. Um, It was very emotional, um, embarrassing to go all the way downtown Toronto to repeat on camera to two male detectives who treated me with no respect, um, basically dismissed the case, asked me, you know, what were you wearing? And that wasn't even in. They're saying, oh, we have to ask this. 
but I'm sorry, you didn't ask me on camera. You asked me as we're going to the elevator, well, what were you wearing? Well, you know oh what I was wearing? Gosh. I was wearing yoga pants, a sports bra, and a shirt. Just really douchebags. I got to tell you, it feels really awkward being a man in this room right now. <laughs> That's Pete, why we invited no, you. No, but Peter, no, hold on, on. I said at the beginning, we're not here to bash men. I'm sorry if it feels that way. Okay. No, no. They just happen. There could have been a female detective who was douchebag. It doesn't feel that way. It just feels it's just it's just a bad representation of what those guys should have been doing in their position of employee. Like, I mean, you got to if someone's a victim, you. It's sad. Okay, well, let's talk about the tips how to protect yourself from sexual assault. So I'll start with it. How about trusting your instincts? We all have instincts. Our gut tells us what's right and what's wrong. So listen to those instincts. How about uh, being prepared? Make, making sure that when before you go out, your phone is fully charged. You have a number of a cab. You have cash on you. How about not sharing too much of your personal information online? You know, because they say that sixty-one percent of attackers are known by the victim. Um, how about at a party? Does anyone want to pipe in, or should I continue, Wendy? Um. I think that people should always be telling other people that care about them where they are. Yeah. Whether they're mm-hmm. going to a party or a date or wherever. And, like somebody and, else should know where you are always. And how about not drinking too much at the party? You know, just have a few drinks, but don't get so drunk where you're sloppy and you're passing out everywhere. How about making sure that you have your drink with you at all times? Don't leave your drink alone because that's a great way for somebody to slip something into your drink. Uh, how about when you're walking alone? Any tips on that? Um, I think that uh, there's some places that you should never walk alone. Exactly. That, you know, many campuses have services yeah. that you can call. And, you know, most places have a Uber or some kind of ride thing. And it's like just not even worth walking alone. Andy, we need to take a break. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Stick with us. We're coming back. Back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hey, we're back. Thanks for tuning in. Heavy show here tonight on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bilotta. In studio, we have co-host Santa Cruz. She's my executive producer. And our friend, Peter Anthony. Also, Jacqueline, a rape survivor, is here, as well as Wendy Stagar. She's a sex educator. We're talking about sexual assault and sexual harassment for awareness and for ways to better protect yourself. Before the break, we were talking about how to protect yourself from sexual assault. And we didn't really get into how to protect yourself on a date. So I'll start, you know, tell a friend where you're going, right? Uh, Wendy, do you want to continue? Um, I think, um, you know, I, I I just was thinking about what something Peter just said about, you know, it's one thing when you're thinking about how to protect yourself in a situation where you just barely know somebody. And then it's another situation when you're with somebody like what happened to Jacqueline and you feel like you have some sense of relating and relationship and then they just end up being psycho. You know, and is there some way, is there any way that you can um, keep yourself from those kinds of horrible situations? And, you know, keep in mind, you know, one of the questions that came through early was, does this happen in marriages? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. It does. Really? Yes. I mean, it's like the thing about that when I talk about consent a lot is that we like to peg it to just like one demographic, just like young people. But the truth is that, you know, like so many people have such mixed experiences and so much erotic injury that they carry with them from all different phases of their life that, you know, um, that these consent issues and this non-consensual sex, I think, are issues that people deal with throughout their whole life. Like Jacqueline was saying that she had divorced and was just in a dating pool again. It's not just young people. And sometimes it's much older people who, who, who are ostensibly married but are having non-consensual sex. So, I mean, how do we get a voice? for what we want and what we don't want sexually, I think is the deepest question, you know, and how do we make our voice powerful and, um, and, and compelling so that we find ourselves in situations where we can experience pleasure instead of shame and pain and degradation. Peter, Peter, I just wanted to, to add on and say that, um, there's a certain point that we can't stop bad things from happening. It's just that's just the way human beings are. Bad things are going to happen to us. I mean, we can put up walls and you know listen to these tips and protect ourselves all we want, but you know what? We're humans, and bad things are going to happen. So knowing that, I think the best way is what we do when a bad thing happens. Is how we react. How we react. Get the help you need. Um, be a voice for change. Be a voice for people to listen to your story so they can learn and feel better and heal with you. And I think that's an important part of this whole thing, too, because, I mean, we can't solve sexual assault sitting in a studio on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. But we can encourage people to be better and to talk and to be open and honest about what's going on out there. Peter, can I say something? Can I say something right here, though? I really appreciate what Peter said, and I, I think it's really true. And, you know, I never really get to talk about what I wrote about, which is sex that works, because all we talk about, all we think about is the sex that doesn't work. But I just want to make a pitch that one of the ways that you can deal with even traumatic situations is to become your own friend sexually. Right. Like it's like so many of us come into our sexuality without much education or much um, confidence in, in, in just what it is that feels good to us. So it also makes it hard, especially when we're young or at all different times in our life to say, no, that doesn't feel good for me and to, and to have that voice. And so I just really just want to say I promote sex education as a solution to some of these problems. Some things happen and bad things happen. Peter, I just want to ask you something. Sorry, Jacqueline, we're going to go back to you in a second. Peter, as because uh, we need to give the guys a voice here, right? And when you're on a date, uh, what are some of the signs of consent for you? I think it's, I think it's just, it's obvious. It's, it's empathy. You can empathize with what the other person's feeling. It's not, I don't like jump in and go to touch or grab anyone, but... I mean, you, it's a vibe. It's a, it's a feeling you have between you and your date. It's not anything that needs to be forced. It's natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if someone, if a guy's out there ignoring that and not being empathetic towards who he's with and crossing that line, it's just wrong 100% of the time. It's wrong. Right. And it's not about the girl coming to meet you 
halfway. It's just the girl doesn't have to if she doesn't want to. She can say, no, don't even touch my hand. Don't touch my leg at the movie. Yeah. Let alone a real, like, hardcore sexual assault. Let's talk about that right now. What's flirting and what's sexual harassment? What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, okay, putting your hand on a, a lady's leg on a date, is that sexual harassment? Because they say it is. I don't believe it is. I mean, if you're on a date with someone and you're it attracted depends. to them. It depends I, on that woman, yeah, whatever her it, choice is. That's right. And if it, and, and I think it's important for women to set boundaries and let but guys know and bad. have a voice <laughs> and don't wait 20 years to complain about somebody doing oh, something to you. or, or com- but, Actually, but here's the thing. This is exactly why I feel like sexual education makes a difference because you have a sense of those boundaries, you know, and as far as somebody coming back 20 years later that they could never speak about a sexual assault, you know, what you carry in you as a sexual erotic injury stays as fresh. Yes. As and before we take a break, I need to say this. I think it's it's I think what's happening right now is a mm-hmm. good thing. I think it's a great thing for awareness. But I'm yes. hoping that moving forward, women have a voice now and they don't have to be afraid to speak. And if somebody touches you inappropriately or does something to you inappropriately, Stand up for yourself, you know, and don't let's not wait another 20 years to complain about it or say something about it. Let's do something about it right now. Well, and 20 years ago, was, there was no climate to say that's something. Right. No, but I'm, ha- I'm glad that's right. And I'm yeah. glad and I'm really happy that it's happening. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. What's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today's actually a design tip, and that is look up. I'm talking about taking advantage of the vertical space in your home. There's a lot of square footage up there above the couches and tables. That could mean adding shelves and colorful wall-mounted cabinets of different sizes, stacking your paintings or artwork in an interesting arrangement, changing your floor lamp to wall-mounted lighting. Not only will it add some character to your space, it's also quite functional. Call or email me today. I can help you. They can reach you at hgp at bosleyrealestate.com or 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in to Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the dating and relationship show. I'm Laura Bellotta. On the line from Oregon, we have Wendy Stagar, a sex educator. Jacqueline is in studio. She is a rape survivor. Peter Anthony, our friend, is also here. He's our male voice today. And my co-host, Santa Cruz, the executive producer of the show, is also here. Before the break, we were uh, talking about, um, you know, sexual harassment uh, for awareness and ways to better protect yourself. And I just want to ask now, like, where do we draw the line with what's going on right now? This is a first generation of men who don't have a clear idea of who they are and what their purpose is. What's going on right now is going to confuse men even more. I mean, we're scaring more men into silence uh, without major extremes. What are your thoughts on this, Peter? Yeah, it's it's difficult, I think, sometimes to know, um, you know, I guess what 
I, what, what I talked about earlier was empathy. You should have a good instinct, of, as we mentioned earlier, about what a girl wants in terms of advancement. And if you cross that line because you're just thinking about what you want, then then maybe that's not the right way to go about dating or go go to go about showing affection to yeah. a girl or showing her your interest even. So it has, it's a two way street. A girl has to be willing to say yes, no, this is uncomfortable, and a guy has to be willing to be open open enough to the dating situation to say I'm not scared. Like I wanna I wanna I want a relationship with you too. But I mean. It's not fun to be a guy walking on eggshells thinking, oh, geez, she's going to no. think I'm a harasser or a pervert or a We're creep or something. We're scaring the bejesus out yeah, of them. So, so and women are already complaining that men aren't ste- you know, stepping up to the plate. They're not making a move, and probably because the guys are so scared. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's happening as well. That's well, it, it's growing pains, right? We're, we're in a situation now that we've yeah. never been in where you said there's, there's a, a huge swath of support for women coming out and speaking about this stuff. So we're going to go through some bumps, and it's going to be choppy waters for a bit. But I'm, you know what? It's going to be better for everybody in the end. Do you know when the Women's March happened in January, I said, this is all great and dandy and I'm all for it as a woman. But where in this are we telling men what they're supposed to do? And not that we're supposed to tell them, but in the sense of like a wife to a hubby, this is what you're supposed to do. Meaning we're trying to evolve. How do we expect guys to evolve? Because they want to make us happy. They really do. You know, a lot of them. Let's put the rapists and douchebags aside but a lot of average guys like Pete who just want to go out and have a relationship and be a nice guy. I don't know if he is. I don't know. <laughs> Aww, he's tried. such a nice guy. I've tried. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, but it's, it's, a, it's a good point. But I mean, like I say, again, I think it's a two-way street. We're humans. We should be empathetic towards each other. The guy to the girl, girl, and 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 the girl to the guy, and and we need to learn how to navigate that. And, and we're we're doing it right now. We're doing it by talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendy, do you want to weigh in on this at all? You know, I what I think about this whole conversation is that um, when it comes to our sexuality, most people um, have not enough language to talk about what they want. And most sexuality does exist in a power dynamic, which is why most pornography is based on that. And so understanding that dynamic and what, what, what feels true for you about it is really helpful and i think getting both the male story and the female story is the only way we can enlarge the dialogue not demonizing men but like trying to figure out how did they get where they are i want to know okay Mm -hmm. jacqueline how has rape skewed your perception of men it just sucks you know because i didn't date much i was married for 12 years i left him thinking i'd find happiness and true love Um, And it totally ruined my perception of men. And I have to just go back to the fact, like, not all men are bad. I have a great father. My ex-husband's decent. Um, Just didn't work out. My brother, brother brother-in-law, there's co-workers. There are good men out there. I just, I haven't found the right one yet. Um, But to show how much it really affected me is months later when I ended up finding who would become my boyfriend we started making out and I just started crying and shaking and I said we have to stop because in my head it was I'm being too sexual again he's probably going to rape me right so he kind of just took time stepped back said you know you can tell me about it when you want and then at the end of the night I said well thanks for not raping me which sounds so So stupid (laughs) but that was in my head you know thank you for not raping me and understanding, you know, my situation. And just, I need to know how to get back out there and trust men again and find a normal. Yeah, so how would you advise other women going through something like this? 
Um, I went to the Durham Rape Crisis Center, and there was a lot of help there um, because you're speaking to a therapist who has experience with sexual assault. Just meeting other women, you don't always want to hear all their stories because it's upsetting, but just you know that you know one of my friends has gone through the same thing and just have her explain how she felt when she had the rape drug in her drink um and now i'm friends with her and it's just it's if i'm having anxiety or i'm having a hard time i can call her and she understands it's not going to be you know like someone else kind of doing that victim blaming stuff yeah Yeah. so then what i also want to say is if you know a victim let them talk be compassionate towards them. I'm just thinking, you know, had I gone to that restaurant that night and had food poisoning, I think I would have had a lot more sympathy the next day from coworkers saying, oh, you know, sorry about that. You know, I hope, you know, you get better. No one would ever say, oh, you got food poisoning. You know, were you drinking? Why did you eat that? What, and what were, you, were wearing? you wearing? Yeah, what were you wearing yeah. during the food poisoning? So some people initiate victim blaming in sexual assault cases, but a lot of women will also blame themselves. Did you blame yourself? I did. You kind of go through all the emotions after going, you know, well, why did I go to his house? Why did I drink wine? Maybe I shouldn't have gone to his house. Why did I trust him? You have anger, you have fear. But he has actually, I forgot about this, he has reached out every year basically around the same time in November. And what does he say? Stupidly texting and Give saying, him my number. hey, how are you? And <laughs> I'm like, to talk who to is him. this? And when I had that boyfriend at the time, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? You need to change your number, first of all. Yeah. Right, what am I... But then I shouldn't have to change my life because of one asshole who might have my number. Well, I have block a really number, nice but you can number. Block yeah, his number. I've learned to block his number. But basically, my boyfriend at the time said, you know what? Ask him what he's calling you about. It was very therapeutic for me to go back and forth, and we used it in therapy too. But basically, he said he really wants to see me again because we had a good time. And I'm like, do you not remember getting called in by the cops, being on camera and talking about this? Oh, I was scared, and you know nothing went wrong, and you were into it. And again, the next year, he's like, how are you shaking his head? And I actually sent him the I Believe You video, and he just put a bunch of question marks back. And I'm just like... Yeah, he's sick. Sick individual. Well, very sorry about what happened to you. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Thank you, Jacqueline, for being brave enough to share your story with us. And thank you, Wendy Ustigar, for calling in all the way from Oregon to share your opinions. You can learn more about Wendy by visiting her website, goodcleanlove.com. And you can watch the inspiring video that Jacqueline was a part of on YouTube by searching hashtag we believe you. You can check out Sandra's show, Inside Jokes, every Sunday night right here. 8 p.m. on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And everybody, thank you so much for joining in this week. And tune in next week for our Christmas special. Ciao for now. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.